I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Hey, everybody, I'm Rachel Goodman, and we're back, and we're ready to discuss Narcos Mexico Season 2, Episode 5, AFO. With me, I've got Liz, our Spanglish expert. Hola, hello, everybody. (laughs) And Rob, our filmmaker. That's right. Hi, guys, what's going on? So, this was quite the episode. I mean, I feel like I've been saying this every episode that we come on and talk about, but this episode five in particular, guys, what were your overall thoughts? So much happening in this one. Honestly, it was uh, too much uh, information all at once. Like, you're trying to figure out and puzzle, you know, like... Uh, who certain people are, and you're, like, getting the pieces together. But in this one, um, I did like how uh, the DEA agents, you know, uh, came across uh, the tunnel that Trapa was building. So that was a pretty good win for them. Uh, I did not like, though, that um, they were still, you know, going against each other, the cartels. Uh, That was too messy again. Yeah. Uh, I was really digging the chaos. Chaos from the opening <laughs> shot to the ending shot. Just chaos on all fronts. And mm-hmm. I think uh, the opening, the strong opening with the shooting, uh, that set the tone for the rest of the show. Yes. Um, and a really enjoyable episode. I know we always, like you said, we always say that this episode's amazing. But that's a good problem for us to have if we keep saying that the episodes are amazing. Because that's- this year we got some good stuff on Narco Season 2. Absolutely. So, speaking of that opening shot, be sure to stay tuned until the end because we're going to talk about Ramon a little bit more and we're going to talk about some fashion as well as, uh, yeah, and as well as our fashion. That needed to be said twice. (laughs) New fashion segment. Yes. So, let's go ahead and dive right in. Let's talk about Isabella and Enadina because we know from last episode they had partnered up. This episode already, they're making plans and they're making things happen. And yes. we know that they're, you know, they're going about this transportation of um, Coke in a much different way, a uh, much more subtle way, by having other women take it into San Diego um, under the ruse of employment. What did you guys make of that? Uh, I felt like it was no different from what goes on today where uh, certain people get like work visas to come work to the states and they don't get paid like the full amount uh what's kind of cool that like in this scene was that you see two women helping out more women out so uh since they don't get paid like i think they get only get paid 20 percent of what yeah. they make um i thought i mean it was risky to have them involved but i thought it was still pretty nice to have them given the, this opportunity to make more money and then make more now that they're gonna smuggle cocaine um but also at the same time i'm like fearful because it's like putting their lives in danger so i'm just like i don't know how left this could go but uh, I, I just I don't want to see you know the poor woman get like you know slaughtered, <laughs> and that's a lot. Not only risk for them, but trust that Isabella and Anadina are taking on the people. I don't know mm-hmm. what you have to do to vet somebody to know that they're not going to just take the coke and run. <laughs> I mean, yeah. they probably wouldn't <laughs> do that to you because they probably assume that you have people in high places that will come after you. Yeah, but just the risk all around. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. that there's a lot of trust happening here there for is. them to be able to do this. I, I think because you know they're the the big the big family in TJ, you know, that's running all of the drugs. I mean, mm-hmm. no one would think twice to 
to cross them, in my opinion. Yeah, um, uh, but w- but with the ladies, uh, you know, the way they were moving it in, you know, in that fashion, I think it's also a play on like the whole thing with class, you know, because you have these people. Oh, they're just workers coming in to do that who mm-hmm. never suspect them and right oh, under the true. nose. And I do. I, I really think it's um, uh, her plan was genius and it's so genius it's almost like an evil like a bond villain kind of plan <laughs> and just to you know to you know to do uh to have these these ladies do an illegal task and then actually pay them what they were supposed to be getting paid actually more than what Plus, they were supposed yeah, to be getting paid. i think that's really cool i really think that's a badass i'm not a female but that's a badass female moment you know for me yeah and i'm really um appreciating this partnership between isabella mm-hmm. and adina I I feel like of all the different partnerships we're seeing, they might be the only, you know, group to survive this. Right. <laughs> at least the only ones that aren't like going at each other's throats. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like while the men are, you know, t- you know, causing chaos, the women are actually getting stuff done. <laughs> and that's the funny thing too is that Benjamin just kind of assumed that you know as this is all going on, he's not taking Anadina seriously. Um, and so she or she is the brains of the operation, and no one mm-hmm. even realizes it. It seems like she's been the brains most of it from the yeah. from the beginning because yeah. you know he more runs off of like his emotion, but her yes. she's not she's emotionless yeah. <laughs> and she's like pragmatic in her approach. You know she had an idea. I mean she had a goal and what was the best way to do it? You know whatever worked the easiest for her and buying you know the company that you know leases out the workers to people i think that was amazing and nobody was gonna no one's gonna bat an eye at that you know i really think that's smooth so you had mentioned emotions and i think that we should definitely talk about felix and his emotions (laughs) because while we have isabella and anadina calmly and very rationally handing handling their business Felix, not so much. Um, so first of all, I just I want to just say up front that Felix and his storyline, he's making a lot of dumb mistakes. For yeah. him to, I mean, he, yes, he's very power hungry. I get how he is, but for him to just go to Panama and assume, oh, I'm just gonna, you know, screw over the Colombians and Garo's gonna be there and we're gonna make a deal. I think that he, you know, it, it, he had it coming to him. What do you think, Rob? Uh, it kind of reminds me of, uh, uh, is that a Greek legend with Narcissus? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's. I think he's starting to turn into that. He's, yeah. he's trapped in his own vanity. He's too big for himself, and he has like all these big ideas that are basically only be- that benefit him in the long run but he's throwing it under the guise of this is good for everyone and you know this is what's best you know for everyone and we can yeah. you know build an empire off of this but it's sad it's i see that it's you know it's based off of his own vanity and i think that's going to destroy him in the end you know he's spread mm-hmm. himself too thin with all these random ideas you know to fix other mistakes he made absolutely he's like gambling a lot like at this point and he what is it like reshuffling the deck (laughs) trying to become uh more than the middleman so i think what felix is doing it's it's genius but at the same time uh i just feel like yeah there's a downfall for that and he's acting very irrationally at every moment. And this mm-hmm. is not the first time. I think since we opened with season two, he's been acting this way. And I just feel like that thread is wearing away as we see him kind of progress. And one of the things is that he makes this very rash decision that he needs to stay in the game 
by now contributing 65,000 kilos of mm. cocaine. And the, even um, we even see Pacho saying, you know, are you sure that you're going to be able to handle this? And it's like, <laughs> it's like, you know, you had said the last episode, the machismo. Of, oh, yes, oh, yeah, the yeah, machismo. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's what it is, too. Like, uh, he has too much pride to feel like he's just a middleman. Like, he wants to be more than that. He wants to set the tone. He wants to set the bar. It's like, we get it, Felix. <laughs> You're really good at your job. But at this point, he's he's got no loyalty, like, around him. And it's just associates. And you're going to see everything just uh, deteriorate. But um, I did think also how um, he did the business in, in Panama. Yeah. And he, how he got Amato to get on his side. I felt like that was a little, you know, weird. Because Amato, you know, like, he's... He has no emotion, I feel. And, you know, with Felix killing his uncle, like, you would think, like, oh, I'm not going to, you know, still be businessman with Felix. But he still is and, I guess, still stays loyal to Felix. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And uh, I feel bad um, for Amada just because mm-hmm. it, uh, I feel like he is trying to handle things much more rationally. And I can mm-hmm. see in his eyes that he doesn't agree with many things Felix is doing at this no. point. But he's stuck, too, because he really can't say what how he really feels. And so, yeah, he's the one who gets stuck, um, mm-hmm. who ultimately will have to be the one to transport this amount of coke. Oh, 70 tons. I'm yeah. questioning the end game for him, though, because th- the way that he interacts with Felix and then also... Um, I'm blanking on his name. Pablo. Pablo, yes. The way that he interacts with those two, I don't know whether it's from a sense of sincerity, a, a standpoint of sincerity, or is it for a, from a standpoint of like opportunist. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I'm, I'm watching him really closely because the way he interacts with uh, both of them are night and day. Yeah. And I'm just wondering where it's going to go in the end. I think he's a little bit of both. And I think that, like, I, I notice with him and everything, whether that's with Felix or in his relation, in his business with um, Acosta, too, he usually just kind of hangs back and, like, he will speak, but only when he really has something to say. Mm-hmm. And yes. so I'm with you in that I think that there's more to what he's planning than what he's going to tell us or tell anyone in the circle right now. And yeah. I think that I think he's going to be okay, but I just um I I don't think that he would put himself in that place where he was going to be the one to get busted if he didn't have a backup plan. Mm-hmm. So yes. I think that I think he will come out of this all right. But uh, we one of the biggest scenes is that we see after Felix finds out about Gera, he gives him a lovely phone call, and we see Felix <laughs> lose his. Yeah. <laughs> he, he assaults him in such a funny way. He calls him like a pig and uh, how he's going to like have him uh, cooked in front of everybody at like those parties he has. I was like, oh my gosh, he's so mean. And, you know, that would be, you know, obviously we're reading the translation of this. Yeah. Was there anything that we might not have heard from that? Not to put you on the spot. Yeah. Uh, just because he has such a Sinal, uh, not Sinal, a Guadalajara, I guess, accent, he is a. Uh, uh, he sounds funnier when he's saying all this. Like, now you see the true Felix, like, as he's just going off. Mm-hmm. He's just, like, uh, just 
saying a bunch of profanity and it's like it's pretty funny because it's like okay now he knows you know the true uh don juan and yeah don juan really did screw him not gonna lie and he's <laughs> yeah. like don juan guerra is over there like the cool cat that he is just yes. smoking a cigar like yeah <laughs> i was never gonna join you we never had an actual agreement and honestly even if they had i feel like guerra would have broken it anyway he was the, the way he went about it was like in such an old grandpa way you know yeah. felix is going crazy under Fucking yelling person, <laughs> and he's just sitting back, yeah, <laughs> just relaxed, you know, letting him go on and just says a couple of words and just goes and about his normal day, yeah. you know, moving around doing things while Felix is going crazy. And I, from film, from the filmmaking standpoint, I like how you see a contrast of like Felix and his tight, angry, you know, world going crazy. <laughs> and you look to Don Juan, he's in this wide open space, just relaxed, kicked back, you know, while he's going crazy. And I, I like that. I yeah. also caught how, like, uh, Felix is by himself, you know, throwing this tantrum on the yeah. phone while <laughs> Don Juan's, like, uh, with all his, like, friends and family members. And they're just, like, I think they were just eating ice cream or something. And it's just, like, you could tell that he has more loyalty in his side. And he's an old-timer, so he knows the game. It's almost like, let me teach him something. And they're in the background <laughs> laughing at, at everything he says yes. and, like, laughing in the background. It's kind of like the equivalent of, I don't know if you ever got into your argument with somebody and your friends are back there, yeah, like, tell him this. Yes. And you tell him, you're like, ha you know, yeah. in the background. I thought that was really funny. Yeah, they just obviously do not respect Felix at all because no. he's acting like a little kid at the mm. end of the day. Like, that's, I feel like it's this, you know, you would mention, like, an old grandfatherly figure versus, like, a five-year-old kid who's having a tantrum mm -hmm. yeah. and it's like okay that there was no way that felix was ever going to be this powerhouse um for a long time anyway just because mm -hmm. he doesn't he doesn't have the he doesn't have the fortitude of somebody like gara to hold that position if mm -hmm. he's gonna lose like just the way that he's handling this situation between the felix family and, and the sinaloans that is such an indicator that this is not felix is not a guy who's going to be able to have any kind of empire and you know sustain it for a very long amount of time mm -hmm. but speaking of everything going on with the felix family and the sinaloans the next step the next part of this episode and kind of the last that we really focused on was with Breslin and he in a really interesting moment that was kind of like oh is he going to find out or isn't he he finds the tunnel that El Chapo built Oh, the mm. warehouse, yes. Yeah. That was crazy. Because, because of the fan. Yes, and uh, how they're uh, also uh, with the, the Sinaloan cartel, or, I mean, that's a long, the TJ cartel is also trying to, you know, see what they're up to. So I thought that was kind of funny how they're both trying to, like, figure out what's going on in this warehouse. But uh, it's funny, too, how they finally get, like, the air and vent system going on, and then that gave their, you know, cover up. Right. Yeah, but... I'm, I'm, I was questioning how... Nobody saw, in all of Mexico, saw a bunch of gringos running around, <laughs> climbing into a warehouse looking. I mean, one of these things is not like the other. Like, what are yeah. you guys doing here? Yeah. Nobody saw anything. That, I, I, always, I, think, I was thinking of it. Like, what happened? I think the thing is, like, just don't snitch, you know, in the streets. Like, yeah, maybe. you can get killed now for anything. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, but, I mean, I, I don't know how long, you know, that will last with the... Uh, people just not speaking up because at some point, yeah, you said mm -hmm. the gringos walking around and yeah. they, they don't do everything so like secretly. Like no. you see them walking around. I don't know. That's weird. Yeah, yeah. They just climbed the gate. No problem. And like nobody saw that. And, you know? 
none of the workers, too, because we saw later on at night they were coming in and out of the tunnel. Right. Where else would they have been coming in from? I mean, we saw another little, you know, area where they were, mm-hmm. you know, going in and out. But it looks so small. And you would think they'd yeah. still be in the warehouse more. So I was surprised they did not find Breslin or anyone. That that was my first concern. Um, two, I don't I mean, there was an actual tunnel. Like we talked about this the last episode. Oh, yeah. But it didn't come until 89. And so this I think that this whole circumstance is a little bit fictional. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, from what we do see, it's um, I, Breslin did find the tunnel and um, they Calderoni decided with him that they they weren't going to actually see, go in and seize anything. They were just mm-hmm. going to turn it over um, in like kind of, you know, a house divided sort of situation and mm-hmm. drop a hint to the Felix brothers that this was happening. And yeah, that uh, definitely sent a message. Yeah. What did you guys make of Ramon? <laughs> I, mm, I, Ramon, uh, yeah, I know in earlier episodes we talked about wild cards, but like Ramon is like the real one. <laughs> I didn't expect all of that killing. I, I just, I didn't expect that in a cement truck, and I didn't expect he, all that. He went hard this episode. Like, yeah. he, he was just like, even at the beginning, you know, how you could just see him just uh, shooting the fish, kind of just uh, pretty much asserting that he can also be the guy with the guns, you know. He's not just like a Benjamin's brother, like in the shadow. If, any, if anything, I feel like both uh, Enadina and Ramon kind of hide behind uh, Benjamin. Mm-hmm. And now you get to see them shine. Like, you get to see, like, Ram- that Ramon actually does do things more than, like, you would, you know, averagely see. Yeah. 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 And I just appreciated that we are getting to see this. Uh, I thought the look on Ramon's face when he showed up, I knew they were all dead. I knew El Chapo was dead if he caught him. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, I mean, it was very, I felt bad for El Chapo, actually. Yeah. Like, this is his hard work. They, they work so hard underneath that yeah. tunnel. Yeah. Yeah. He'll just have to build one in 2015 from jail. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, you Which, know, he got success out of that one, yeah. that idea. He escaped then. <laughs> but, um, so, and we were talking on last episode about the real El Chapo building mm-hmm. a, a, an actual tunnel from jail and getting out. So, yes. that's where we're coming from right now with this. But, um, yeah, so, I think that when they set up the beginning of the episode, though, where we see Ramon driving, and this is, you know, obviously before anything happened, Mm -hmm. we see him driving, and he just, like, hooks a fish to rope and starts blasting away. In a park. (laughs) In a park. children and And families. So we we were talking about it right before the episode, how we were like, okay, so what do you think of that scene? Like, how he's just being reckless. Like, what what did you take from that scene? Um, This is, I think this goes back to the crack again. Remember when he smoked crack earlier? And I was like, okay, something... there was something that changed in Ramon once that crack, once think, that first you know hit what? of crack. I think that's what it was. And from there, I mean, like, I don't know, the way that something, the way that he did that was like, it seemed like something out of like a a cartoon in his mind, like from mm-hmm. looking from the way he did it, it's like, I don't know, something you'd see in like Looney Tunes back in the day, which is 
shooting in a park like that with mm-hmm. people like when would that ever be acceptable and when would you know yeah. why would you do anything like that and it yeah. starts so innocently too but yeah him listening to his walkman well yeah yeah i don't know i don't think it was it might be called a walkman back then but it was I like a so. yeah. Yeah, it played, yeah yeah it played cassettes um so i think a walkman but mm-hmm. um yeah it started so innocently and then all of a sudden he's got the guns and he's shooting fish and everyone's screaming <laughs> but i think um you know this is a great time for us to move on to our first segment since Mm -hmm. we're talking about Ramon. Um, Before we do, did you guys have any last comments about the episode? I feel like uh, the one part that did stand out to me, too, um, we were talking about the pig last time on uh, the first episode or second episode, I believe, uh, when they uh, when they kill the pig yeah. and Coach Loco, there's a part, I don't know if you guys caught it, but he was talking about, like, oh, uh, he was telling Benjamin and the Felix brothers uh, that, oh, you should have just saved that pig for carnitas. And I was like, I knew they wanted to kill it for food. But uh, he is, it was funny how he was also just calling them just uh, bad names and whatnot. So I was like, okay, he finally, like, you know, stood up for himself because Coach Loco, he's just, like, a jokester. So I, I really like to see that, like, humorous part of him. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And one more thing for me as far as the with the fan and the whole warehouse thing. Um, there was a couple times where the camera stayed on that fan. And I remember watching, I was like, why are we staying with that fan? You know, and then we cut back to different characters and stuff. And then in the end, when they, the single event that caused them to figure out someone's in there mm-hmm. is the fan spinning. And they cut right back to that shot with the with the fan again. And this time it's spinning. And then it's like, okay, we know, you know, the audience has more information than these guys. But yeah. just the joy of seeing all of that connect together and those guys figure that out. I think that's like really good filmmaking. Yeah. And it, there was a lot of tension. They really, um, like, with a shot like that, you, you're you just, you know that it's almost like bringing the gun into the scene. There's mm-hmm. going to be something, you know, that, like, an indicator or just there's a reason why they kept showing it even before it turned on. Yeah, Chekhov's yeah. gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can't put a gun up there unless yeah. you shoot somebody with Absolutely. it or, I don't know, something happens with it. Absolutely. So the only thing I wanted to mention before we move on is just that at the end of the episode – Felix does return home, and um, he learns three things. The next president is a supporter of Guerra. Uh, then he learns about the tunnel in Tijuana, which, you know, I guess is going to prompt him to maybe negotiate some kind of peace between the mm-hmm. two families. But then the last thing is that, well, he doesn't so much learn this as it happens, but someone tries to kill him. And so that really... Um, the fa- the way that they told that story at the end and just like dropped it on us mm-hmm. and kind of you know it was a combination of the exposition um with the other character literally telling Felix these things and then actually seeing an attack on his life we just know that everything is just unraveling for him now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. When that ended with uh, the shootout, I was like, did he die or is yeah. he going to die? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I wonder what's going to happen with Felix yeah. on that one. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Um, okay, so let's get to our fashion segment. Yes. Uh, so we've got uh, actor Manuel Masalva. So he does play Ramon in Narcos, and he has really great fashion. I don't know if you guys caught on to it. Uh, his flashy shirts, kind of like Versace style. Uh, but I was uh, really just interested in seeing uh, all the cool shirts he has. So, like, you know, I go online, and then I see uh, he has this one, and there's, like, another one here, this whole family. Uh, this one also with Benjamin and an 
Dina. It's kind of cool that all of them actually have a great fashion sense. But yeah. yeah, so out of all these shirts, I was just wondering which one or which outfit do you guys like the best? Uh, on Ramon <laughs> on only? On Ramon, yes. Because I was going to say Anna Dina in that one shot where she was wearing like a double piece, not suit, but like it was like a pant and oh, yes, blouse. Duh. Yeah, yeah. If you guys are listening jumper. and not watching, she's in like a gray, yeah, jumper. Um, so I would say her. Otherwise, I think I would also say Ramon's, um, the shirt that he's wearing on the left in the same picture, which for all of you listening and not watching, um, it looks very, I would say 70s. Yeah. 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 He has got like, uh, I don't know, like paisley somehow, like patterned tiger, cheetah, all this like prints. But it's pretty cool because yeah. it kind of does highlight how Mexican fashion was back in the day. And I remember my my dad at least owned one of these shirts, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and that seems like yeah. the play, the whole Playboy style. You know, yeah. you're a Playboy, you got all the, the guns, the drugs, the money, the women, all that stuff. Um, but also, uh, Benjamin, he looked like he was wearing like a Coogee sweater. It looked like a really old school Coogee sweater. Coogee, yeah, so um, they were definitely stylish brothers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very uh, timely, too. Like, that's the one thing I do absolutely love about the show. Not only is the set completely, like, it just brings you to that time. Every character is dressed exactly. That one's actually my favorite. Not gonna lie. Oh, he's wearing, I don't even know what that is. It's, see, don't know the name of it, but it is, for those, you know, hearing, we are watching Ramon with a green shirt and blue pattern. Just crazy design shirt, but it's looks really like Versace nice. before <laughs> the Versace. <laughs> Versace probably. This, this, I feel like some of these might be Versace, and there you have his Instagram as well, <laughs> <Yeah>. Masalva. <laughs> awesome. So that's the real him. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you for sharing all of that. Thanks. I think that it's that time where we're we've come to the end of our episode. Uh, but uh, Rob, where can everybody find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Rob Stilo. That's S T E L O. And me at California on Instagram. And you can find me on Twitter at Rachel Goodman or on my author Instagram account at Rachel Radner Author. Uh, we will be back shortly for another episode of Narcos Mexico Season Two. So we'll see you then. Bye, everybody. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 